Hi, my name's Steve Wraith and this is the Pro Box Northeast podcast and I'm with Pete Shepperson at DBMA Gym in Darlington. And Pete, uh, good to see you, mate. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got into professional boxing first. Uh, yeah, well, I started off just... Uh, I was I Obviously, I was helping out with the amateurs and that at DBMA, then I took over the amateur boxing um, a few years ago now. And then uh, I was asked by... It was Chrissy Wood who asked me... Uh, get involved in the professional game asked me if I'd get my coach's badges and turn him well he was he was coming back pro after about four years out so that was that was basically that I got, went and got my badges and turned over with Chrissy Wood and then from there more and more people have uh, sort of come to train with us as I was starting out afresh with Chrissy I got obviously in touch with yourself to look at managing him and managing some other other boxers and that's uh sort of the short story of it really you obviously had a, a big northern area title fight um with chrissy wood he, he fought jamie humble um you know how do you really think you know that went i mean there was a lot of a lot of you know a lot of to and fro in between various people including myself after that fight you know how did you call it on the night i thought the draw was a fair decision i honestly felt going into the last round that it was a round either way I can see why some people think Jamie was winning, maybe he's winning more of the rounds because he was doing the flashier work and landing maybe he's the cleaner shots, but I just felt Chrissy was out, out fighting him. And uh, certainly, certainly in the mid rounds, Jamie took over, but from rounds eight onwards, I felt that Chrissy, Chrissy took over it and you couldn't call it. I think a draw still is a fair result, and it's just a shame that for one reason or another, we've not ended up being able to get the rematch. Um, obviously, Jamie's. Uh, I'd I, I, I had a couple of issues since then and Chrissy's decided to call it a day again which was a bit of a kick in the teeth but you can't if your head's not in it you're not in it you know there's not it's a dangerous game to be in so if you're not fully committed then you're best off stepping away from it after that you uh, you got involved with Stewie Hall you know obviously a, a world champion of these parts um, how was that getting involved with him so early into your coaching career it was sort of happened back didn't he just uh I'd started obviously training Chrissy and I gave him a ring one day to see if he'd come and do a bit of sparring and after that he he got a call to box on the uh, next gen show that was at the Walker Dome in Newcastle and he just asked me to do a, a couple of weeks training with him to get him fit before he went down to Birmingham with Max McCracken where, he, where he's normally based and after a couple of sessions he decided to do his full camp like full six week camp for that fight with me and then it ended up with me being involved in his last two. Uh, I was involved in slight, involved with the uh, Paul Butler fight, and then for his last fight with Jamie McDonald at the uh, on the big show at the arena, I'd, he did his, his full training camp with me. I was uh, his head, head coach all the way through, and obviously Max was still involved. And it was it was a good experience. I mean, I've I've met people because of Stewie, and I've been to shows and I've experienced things such as press conferences, wins met people out as a boxing fan from all of them we've met and it wouldn't have happened without Stewie so it has happened by accident but the main thing from it is we've actually we've ended, he's one of my best pals now you know when we first met for, to, for me to start training him I didn't even know if I'd like him I knew of him and we knew who each other were but we'd never really spoke And uh, but we've we've got on by on and, and whatever his future is in whether it's in boxing or not I, I, I'd hope to be involved with it and uh, like I say he's a been unlucky, unfortunate with a quite a bad injury that looks like it's been forcing him to retire. 
I know he's announced his, his retirement, so I suppose it has forced him to retire, but he needs to get an operation. Once that's sorted, I'll help him out however I can, because he's helped me out. And like I say, he's, he's one of my best pals now. You say you weren't sure whether you would like Stewie. Is that a big part of coaching somebody? Do you have to like them? Uh, do you have to get on with them? Or do you think there's ever you know, ever a chance where you might not necessarily like somebody, but they're a good trainer and you can see talent in them and you would let them push through? I don't think, I don't think you have to have to like them as long as you can form a good working relationship with them in any job same as in any job you don't have to like the people you work with that's not to say I don't like all my boxers before anyone whinges <laughs> but it, it certainly helps it helps if you've got someone who you, who you have a bit of a click with and uh, obviously when, you, when, you, when you're when you meeting people for the first time same with like Richie O'Neill he got in touch with me to start training to, to, to start training him because I was closer to where he lived and it was just easier for him and I'd, I'd never met him never spoke to him didn't know anyone that knew him so again that was a bit like oh how's this going to be but again we've, we've got on spot on so I do think it's important that you get on with the people you're training but everyone's everyone's different and you're not going to get on with everyone as long as you can get the best out of each other you mentioned Richie O'Neill there obviously we'll come off the back of a, a, a great scrap down at Darlington with uh, Greg O'Neill uh, from Peter Cope's gym you know obviously came out loser on that particular night but it was a very very close fight had it not been for the knockdown in the early round um, you know everything pointed really to Richie potentially winning that so you know what was your views on the fight and would you like to see a rematch I felt that over the six rounds on the night and still now I I felt that Richie Richie won the fight hands hands down for me even with the knockdown I think the the scorecard was was quite ridiculous that the referee gave which again it's an opinionated spot he scored it 59-54 I think it was which gives Richie one round maybe or so for me he lost the first round on the knockdown maybe the second round you could maybe say he lost because again Greg came out like a all guns blazing from then on other than a 20 second burst in the 5th round I thought Richie completely controlled it box behind his jab box to instruction really there was no like it wasn't like he didn't do what I was asking him to or he didn't do enough for me he, he, he deserved deserved the decision or at the very worst the draw it's, it's a it's a shame that, I mean it, it, it would be a great rematch and uh, I know it's, it's it's one that's there there's a Northern Area title waiting for it to waiting for it both lads would box each other again I'm sure and uh, there's plenty of shows in the area now especially with you and, and Phil Jeffries linking up there's, there's no end of shows for them to get an Northern Area title fight on it's just trying to work out something where both fighters agree agree terms really but uh, it's definitely a fight we'd take again in a heartbeat Ellis Corey obviously trains down at your gym. Obviously, our manager Ellis, he's uh, you know he's got off to a, a good start, especially with the moving from another another discipline, which is which is always difficult. I mean, first of all, how have you found you know that, and how's he found it moving from one discipline to another? Um, and and secondly, let's talk about the you know the big fight that's coming up on September the eighth between him and Tom Whitfield. Well, yeah, I mean his transition his, his transition's been been seamless to be honest. You'd have thought he'd been boxing all the way through the amateurs and boxing for years his style he's a he's tie boxed since he was about the age of six I think had, had hundreds of fights from junior level and through into adult level as well fought all over the world so the main thing it's brought over which a lot of people have commented on when, he, when I've taken away sparring is for a, as much as he's a novice boxer his his um, confidence of being in the ring and his, his sort of how he, how he commands the ring is is 
exceptional because, like I say, he's got he might not have boxing experience specifically, but he's got experience of fighting in front of thousands of people, crowds, and and it's it's invaluable. But he has he's changed styles completely. You wouldn't even think he came from a Thai boxing background. He's a uh, you, you quite often see with people who come over the very the upright and the rigid, but he's got a very flowing style, and um, I think he can. He's a young man. He's just turned twenty-one, but I think he can, he can, really push and go as far as he wants to. To be honest, whether whether or not that happens, we'll see. But I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I talk to him obviously all the time, and I try to keep him. Being a young man, you can see where he could waver, but he's he's sticking with it. He's doing well. He's starting. Uh, he's maturing well, and I think he's just going to keep getting better. He's um. Obviously, boxing Tom Whitfield on the eighth of September, and in my opinion, I'm massive. I'm very good. Nothing but respect for Tom Whitfield and for Mal Gates. I, I, I'm good pals with Mal. Uh, I like to think I am. He might tell you different. But uh, for me, it's a fight that could be as easy or as difficult as Ellis makes it. If if he's on song and he does what he does in the gym and inspiring, I think it's going to be a, a a treat for anyone to see him. If he doesn't. Tom's perfectly capable of making it a very hard night for him, or even even winning it. Tom's no mug, you know. He's uh, you can't go off. A lot of people will go off his last performance, but you can't go off that. You know, he got he got caught up in the occasion against a top top guy in Josh Kelly. So you can't look at that. It's a non-event, really. Um, you've got to just respect. Him. He's got a lot of amateur experience. So, like I say, for me, Ellis could look amazing or you could make hard work of it so I suppose we'll only we'll find out on the night we kind of talk about Ellis without talking about the challenge belt fight that never was what was your take on on that at Darlington well look it's been it's been and gone now so I suppose if you asked me a few months ago weeks ago my answer would have been different but it is what it is people have got different um, aspirations from their boxing career if someone's main goal was to box for a challenge belt and the fact that a challenge belt wasn't available to be presented on the night means they that that's they're not interested in fighting then that, that's up to them that's their prerogative Ellis Corey was made aware at the same time and Ellis's response was I couldn't give a you know he couldn't care less he was there for a fight it is what it is you can't you can't dwell on it They'll, they'll, they'll have to deal with the, with their, they'll have to take responsibility for their actions, and they'll deal with the repercussions, whether that be anything to do with the board or the boxing, or just with people working with them in the future. But, I mean, it's it's no skin off Ellis's nose. He uh, obviously was annoyed on the night, but even when they, even when they'd left, he was warmed up. He said, "Well, well we may as well, we may as well bang out eight rounds on the pads." So we did some pads in the change room. That's what I mean. He's mature. He's, He's mature above his years, really, and uh, yeah, I suppose enough, the less you say about that situation, the better, really. You did have uh, Reese McAllister in the gym recently. Obviously, we signed him up, um, and, and things, big things were expected of him. But you've had some bad news about Reese in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Reese has uh, he's had a bit of a niggle in his shoulder, and I mean, it's a long story. He had a hip injury from his years of, as a tie boxer. Which was part of the reason for him turning over to pro boxing, and he's basically he's got a, a similar sort of injury in his in his shoulder, and it's not a case of getting endless amounts of physio will fix it. It's something that will only 
repair itself um, through through rest, basically. So continued use of of his shoulder, which obviously is unavoidable as a boxer, is uh, only going to make it get progressively worse. And it's not worth it him taking the risk for for his own health. I mean, he needs he needs he needs he needs to be able to work. Never mind just box. So there's no point risking. You know, it's an expensive deal becoming a professional boxer in the early stages. So it'd be a shame for him to go through all the expense and 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 the uh, routine of getting his boxing license for his shoulder to go in the first round of his pro debut. And he may, I, it's not not to say it'll never happen, but certainly for the time being, Reese is having to take a, a step away from it just to to let his body heal, really. Obviously, another person who was making, you know, a, a jump back into the ring and is going to be fighting on the 29th of September is uh, John Green. Um, obviously, boxed before, former Northern Area uh, title holder. Uh, what, what have you made of him in the gym so far, and, and, and how far do you see him going? Well, when obviously I was in the gym when John was around uh, in, in his sort of his, his first stint in the pro pro game. And uh, so we we know each other. We we, we, were, we were sort of pally then as well. And, and uh, but as far as coaching him goes, it was supposed to be another one. You, you're not sure how it's going to go until until till it happens. Um, but he he sort of flirted with the idea a couple of times. He'd come back and trained a bit, and then then disappeared or or something else came up. And it is just a case of life getting in the way. He's he's got kids. He's got a family. He's at work, and uh, as a lot of boxers. You know, and and you sort of, if you like the lower levels or, or, or doing your small hall boxing shows, do struggle to maintain a professional boxing career and, and a working family life. But he's now in a position where he's running his own gym uh, in Middlesbrough, and that's been going for about a year now. And he's in a position now where that's his job. He doesn't have to work on top of that as well. So it's freed up a lot of time for him. And uh, he actually came to sit. He just came came to the gym. To, just for for a bit of crack and, and it just so happened that Ch- uh, Charlie Edwards was up sparring with Shuey All and he uh, watched the sparring session and then the next day decided he was coming back as a pro boxer and we've, we've again gelled like I say we knew each other we were, we were friends before but we've, we've gelled well I think as a coach and boxer relationship goes we've got uh, Andrew Barton from ABC Strength and Conditioning in, in, uh, in Stockton on board now looking after his nutrition and his strength and conditioning and he's he's he could jump back in now. He's he's looking good. He's been sparring well. He's uh he's dedicated, and like I say, his life his life his his lifestyle now allows him uh, to commit to it a hundred percent, which is all he's been lacking in the past. Just 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 the uh, the, uh, the 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 chance to push himself like as you need to as a pro boxer, and he hasn't wanted to do it half assed So credit to him. He's but I'm I'm quite excited to be honest. I think it's uh, he's got good sponsors, some good sponsors behind him as well now. Who are, who are obviously they, they they think he's got potential because they're they're happy to put put some effort and time and money into him. So is it similarly to Ellis Corey? I think he can go as far as he wants. He's obviously a bit older than Ellis. He's he's twenty nine now, but that's not old. That's you know he's he's probably in the prime. What a lot of boxers will be in the prime. So he's he's. He's not someone who's going. To, you're not going to have to be careful with him. You know, he's not, he doesn't need to learn the game again. He's a former champion, 
couple of fights and he'll be back up there challenging I'm sure ideally for me I'd like to push him on towards an English title back in the next year because I think he's uh, he's certainly capable of it and pushing on from there a lot of talent in the northeast at the minute and obviously the spotlight has been on the on the region over the last 12 months with the emergence of Josh Kelly who you mentioned earlier and of course Lewis Ritson um, anybody else who you think that you know people listening to the podcast should look out for in the northeast is, uh, you know apart from the, the fighters that you train is anybody else who you've come across in sparring locally who you would say is, has got chance to go you know a bit further than just a northern area title I think there's uh, there's quite a few I mean Someone else who has been—he's been around for years, but seems to go under the radar until recently, I suppose. And it's Glenn Foot. Glenn Foot's uh, boxing for the British title shortly. Won the Commonwealth title. Had a, a sort of a re- resurgence of his career, and, and he's—he's he's going to be a handful for anyone. And uh, another, just an honest lad who just cracks on, and, and he's a, there's no sort of no frills about him, style-wise. He just goes in and gives the people gives people hell. I think he's definitely someone to watch out for. If he's on any shows, you're guaranteed, you know, you're guaranteed uh, entertainment. Um, Joe Maforza, I think, is uh, very talented, and he's with obviously um, Imran Naim, who's a who's a quality trainer and, and a friend, a good friend of mine. He helps me out quite a lot. As I'm new to the boxing game, you know, so I do speak to other people, and Imran's someone I do go to for advice sometimes. And uh, he's got a couple of good lads there. Luke Cope just just uh, sort of made his pro debut in Darlington. He's um, he's a he's a sharp little little lad. Him he, he can go uh, he can go again. Go as far as as far as he as he wants as long as he can. Again, he's a young lad, twenty one year old. So if he can live the lifestyle and, and stick in with it, with him running and and in his team that he's got around him, he he can definitely achieve things. Um, that surpass surpass area area titles and and local shows. Um, can't really think off the top of my head now. Oh, Tommy Ward, of course. Yes, well, yeah, Tommy Ward. Yeah, I w- I was surprised at him giving up the British title. I think some people, and I'm not even going to lie about it, including me, thought going for the IBF European was in some ways a step back from the British title but from a, from what he wants to achieve in, a, in getting the world title to world title shot it was a sensible move because he gets an automatic uh, top 10, top 15 ranking with the IBF and he has been it's one of those careers it's, it's, he could have stepped away from the spot because of how, how much sort of his career stalled since winning the British title through no fault of his own so he's had to shake things up a bit to, in order to get him going again and you, you can't fault him for it, but he's a cracking lad, brilliant. He was again down here a lot sparring with, with Stewie All, and uh, yeah, really nice lad. He, he's another one he can, he can go all the way. He's got uh, bags of talent, bags of talent. And obviously, you've already mentioned Lewis Whitson and, and Josh Kelly. Um, it's it's just thriving. There's, I mean, I'm, there'll be endless amounts of people who think they deserve a mention as well, and some who I probably just don't know. Because, uh, like I say, I'm new to boxing myself. My circle's quite small at the minute, but it is grown. And, uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's a good time to be involved for, with uh, with boxing in the North East. You spent a lot of time in the gym over the last uh, 12 months, you know, since you, since you came into the pro game. Um, but from, from your perspective, do you, do you sit and watch boxing? Or do you, do you, do you have a break from it? Do you, do you have any heroes? Is there anybody who you like to watch yourself? 
I tend, uh, I tend not to watch it, to be honest. I'd, uh, what I'll tend to do is I'll wait and see if the write-ups are good on the fights and I'll try and find them online and watch them again. But the other weekend, I watched, I watched uh, last weekend's um, Bill with uh, David Chisora and Carlos Tackham and um, Parker, Parker White and I was, it was a cracking show. Um, I, I think it's just sort of shows where British boxing is not just North East boxing and the, the fact that Matchroom are putting on shows like that up here now as well and make no mistake the, the show at Newcastle was as good a card of boxing and fights that there's been anywhere in the country or on Sky Sports or on pay-per-view for, for the entertainment and the quality of the fighters on it so it's uh, it's just again just the future looks looks better for the North East for the likes of Josh Kelly and Lewis Richardson putting us back back on the map sort of thing you're talking about the big the big names there. They don't come much bigger than, than Anthony Joshua at the minute and, and obviously this um this cycle that we'll have at the moment where he's trying to get the, the elusive belt. Tyson Fury now is called out Wilder and now it looks as if that could potentially happen. If we do eventually get to that stage where we see AJ fighting Wilder, who do you think will win? I think it's not I, I actually think the Povetkin fight's a harder fight than the Wilder fight. Not necessarily it sort of sounds like a mecca win some Eddie Ernst said in an interview here actually it's not necessarily as dangerous a fight but it's a harder fight because Pavelkin Pavekin's a much better boxer and he's he's only ever been beaten once and that was uh, on points by by a, by a young Klitschko so you can't look past Pavekin Pavekin's knocked out some very good people Dillian uh, Dillian White Deontay Wilder on the other hand I absolutely despise as a boxer to watch because he's just horrible. You watch him and, and it's it's almost embarrassing some of the some of the shots he throws. But his record speaks for itself. You can't deny that he's a very dangerous man who carries a lot of power. A 15 and a half stone to be knocking out 18, 17, 18, 19 stone men. He obviously has, has something, and I suppose he's 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 good for the sport. He's entertaining. He brings a bit of spotlight, but it's dragging on too long now. I'm personally losing interest in it to the point where when the fight does happen it's again I probably won't even watch it because it's one of those where it just drags on too long and then for, again like I say I, I've lost interest Tyson Fury's back in the mix until he does something worth talking about he shouldn't talk because I mean to criticise people like David Hare for his comeback fights that he had and then to box someone like that Safer Safiri who he, who he boxed was 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 comical and then to be I mean look if he gets the Wilder fight I think it's a mistake for him I think Wilder could beat him only because of the quality of opposition Fury's had since coming back it could be a bit early for him I hope he doesn't because I don't I'd, I'd like to see Fury get a world title again and, and him and AJ will be a massive event but uh, yeah it's a bit of a bit of a strange one before we finish, just give uh, give people an insight into when your gym's open. You know, if someone's thinking about coming from the amateurs or even the unlicensed uh, into the pro game and, and want to pop down the gym, um, give them the opening hours where you are, etc. And, and give a shout out to your sponsors as well, because you know sponsors not just for yourself, but with a fight as a really important in the in the pro boxing game in the northeast. Yeah, well, we're uh, based in the what used to be Darlington's football stadium, which is now Mowden Mowden Park Rugby Club. Arena, the Northern Echo Arena in Darlington on Neesham Road. Um, we're open 
most days from seven o'clock uh, we open for, for for personal training early early doors and we're open all the way through, right through the day to normally till about eight o'clock at night so we've got classes personal training small group sessions circuits boxing stadium circuits anything anything we can cater for anything so just just, just come down or give us a give us a, a call um regarding sponsors I, i'm gonna miss someone out here which is gonna be bad but we've got ellis cory who's uh sponsored from uh keep fit darlington who have sponsored a few of the shows that we've had up here uh, in Darlington as well, so uh, they're they're a, a, a big help in promoting the boxing in Darlington in general. Never mind just for Ellis. Um, he's also got um, Moorfield Roofing who've just come on board with him, and they're looking to uh, make a big impact with him. W Hairdressing who are actually providing uh, transport for his fight on the eighth of September from the stadium. They're they're going to put on a couple some coaches. So big shout outs for them. Uh, John Green has got um, a new sponsor, Pioneering Pioneering Group. They've got a few sister companies under them, um, which I can't remember the names of, but Pioneering Group. There again, putting in a lot of a lot of faith and, and, and money into John and they're gonna help massively in, in his career. Um other people who've helped us out in the in the Dalton shows, CrossFit and uh, what uh, what gym which is uh, Joe Bannatine's gym she has, has, has obviously a few CrossFit gyms in the area but the, the one in Darlington she sponsored a few shows again helps out with Ellis Corrie um, Ellis, Ellis does a little bit of bit of coaching at a gym and uh, yeah it's, it is important because people it's hard to get sponsors for, for boxers when they're just starting out but that's when they need it the most and everyone always thinks oh well I'll wait until they're on TV or I'll wait until they do this it might never happen because without sponsors a lot of people have to give up the spot so it's very important and uh, thank you very much to them yeah, and a big shout out to our sponsors as well uh, Elliot Taxis Portland Consultant Engineering uh, O'Toole's Gym uh, Antlab Bar in Newcastle as well and don't forget our show our next professional boxing show uh, Steve Wraith and Phil Jeffries promoting uh, at September the 8th at the Lancastrian Suite and a cracking card nine fights there and topping the bill Ellis Corey and Tom Whitfield you can get your tickets directly from the fighters themselves uh, or from the website proboxingnewcastlegates.com I uh, hope you've enjoyed the first podcast uh, this is the first of many and uh, just a big thank you to Pete Shepperson for showing us around the DBMA gym and uh, get yourself down if you live in the Darlington or Middlesbrough or Teesside area come and have a look at the gym and uh, you never know um, if uh, he thinks you're good enough you may get taken on but uh, that's all for this podcast we'll be back next time